0: This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen. Presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Oh,
1: top, line.
0: top line just got
1: this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> okay, that was my pick. There we go. I oh, hope she does it again. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. I'm your producer, Britton Ransford, and with me, as always, is Richie Herod of Herod Outdoors and Bob Loomis from Max Lure. We're back fishing. Hmm. Have you guys done any fishing? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Richie did some turkey hunting.
0: <clears throat> I did some turkey hunting. We I think we talked about that.
1: We did.
0: But <clears throat> since then, I've been trying to fish. And it hasn't been that great.
1: I don't think it's been great for anyone.
0: No. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I think it's We're so dry, there hasn't been much moisture this year. But on the other hand, <laughs> the water's been really cold. And so I think the fishing's a couple weeks behind, really. Yeah, we've we got so much uh,
2: snow up above. I mean, the snowpack, even in the Cascade Range, was over 100%. And, right. And uh, Right. You know the Upper Columbia Basin. Last time I looked, was like at hundred and thirty percent. Yeah. So the whole Columbia system itself, as well as you know what we've got going on in, in a lot of the other reservoirs, is, you
0: know everything just seems to be a, a, a touch behind what it usually is. So. You know, it's interesting. I we went down to uh, Lake Odell. We talked about that before mm-hmm. and how for the opener for the Kokanee and how tough that was. And I just saw a post. In, like, the Kokanee Power of Oregon Facebook page. Yeah. And <laughs> somebody right. said, Somebody said, Where are the Kokanee? I don't I can't find any Kokanee. We saw the Kokanee. Well, we did. We saw a few. But, you know, P- what it's say- telling me is that folks are still having trouble finding fish. And I, it's probably because the water is just cold still. I sure. bet you. Well,
2: between cold and let's face it, when you have that much snow up above, the wind this
1: year—it's <laughs> been really windy. Yes, it's been terrible. Tramping really my golf game—I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> His golf game. Uh, yeah, God. we've been blowing off the water quite a bit, I mean, I've been trying to fish banks. The fish are still deep, you know. Which normally by yeah. you know we're almost here—we are almost first of June, and yeah. by then you can really get them. Now it's interesting because the walleye seem to be kind of split, like summer in the shallows. And summer still deep. Yeah. So they're in this transition time, but the water is just cold. I mean, surface temp hasn't hit 60 degrees yet. It's yeah. Been yeah. 56 and 57 degrees.
1: Yep. Well, even the day, <laughs> even one of the nicer days we've had and recently, we went out to potholes and fished with Shelby. Yeah. Ross of Ross Outdoor Adventures. And it was beautiful out there. No wind. You know, all right, we're going to smack them. Well, we battled for, you know, half a limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I we mean, got it was got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> got in
0: trouble. Got in oh yeah,
1: trouble, came yeah. home all red. D- didn't put my,
2: on enough sunscreen. Oh, I
1: see. He got in trouble. Oh, yeah.
0: That. exactly. Oh, I see. I yeah, got the, bo-
2: the boss looked at me and thought, oh, you're going to die. You're going to die of cancer. <laughs> my, li-
1: <laughs> my legs were so red. I
0: know. I know. I, that's just toughening me up for the rest of the year. Well, that's, right. what, that's what I told her. I said so you got to or... you got
2: to get it out of the way up front.
0: You know, <laughs> she goes, "Oh yeah, Mister Skin Cancer." <laughs> yeah. Jeez, wear your sunblock. Yeah. Yep, wear your sunblock. It's a good thing. Spend a lot of time on the water, and and uh, you got to take <laughs> care of yourself that way. Got it? Got to do it. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. You know that,
2: that's that's one of those things. You know, growing up, you didn't. Uh, you... They had they had a little bit of of sunscreen. Well, out, what was know? that? But oh yeah, but but let me think about it. Oh, they used to use baby oil. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, baby I oil. Think... Go lay out in the sun. Oh, come uh, on, really?
0: <laughs> we did, we never wore anything like that. Of course, you know I grew up on a ranch, so if you'd have worn sunscreen, you'd have been caked with. Hay. Oh yeah mud hay, <laughs> hay and mud and whatever else so we wouldn't have wore it anyway but mm-hmm. I, we didn't even think about that stuff we were just out there oh we didn't either that's what i'm saying didn't think we, about we, it we would go out the, the first good weather that
2: you had yeah you'd take your shirt off you'd have your shorts oh, yeah. on you'd get absolutely fried just burnt oh yeah and then you were good for the year
0: yeah that, that's just how it worked yeah <laughs>
1: Not good to do that anymore. No, but. it's not. No, it's not. So bad UVs, bad fishing. Um, <laughs> but uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, hopefully it will help you catch more fish, is, is your rod selection and you know how you go about choosing certain rods for certain species. And Bobby uh, has a little bit of history in the rod <laughs> business. And so I think he has some uh, tips, tricks, advice to kind of help you dial in your fishing rod. Yeah. What's your advice there, Bobby? <laughs> about rule, your rod rule number one
2: <laughs> rule number one you know i i've always uh, always said this forever you know a, a fishing rod is a tool it's no different than a lure and using the correct tool to do the job is the name of the game and a lot of people uh including there there's a lot of guides that do do the same thing but a lot of people you know they look for something that's cheap they look for something that will take a ton of abuse they don't have to worry about you know liability warranty you know etc um you know there there's a lot of things that go into what a fisherman will look at when purchasing a fishing rod and like i said a fishing rod is designed to be a tool when you when you purchase the correct tool you can do a better job whether it's buying something ultralight that has feeling whether you buy something that's extremely stiff for moving a big fish out of uh, structure whether it's uh Using something that is a tool for pulling purposes, you know every one of these rods. You know, at, at, let's face it. At G Loomis, we made we made uh, three hundred different styles of fishing rods. Holy For, crap. for, for a reason, <laughs> it's because every one of them is designed to do a specific job. Sure, you can talk to every one of those rods. Uh, take steelhead rods for instance you would have a rod that is a four to eight pound a six to ten pound and eight to twelve pound because of the fact that every one of them has to do the exact same thing which is uh basically hook a fish play a fish and come home in the same amount of pieces that that it left in but in order to do that properly everybody's a little bit different. I'm five foot 10 Britain's six, three when you're standing on the bow of a boat casting all day, a six and a half foot rod fits me a little bit better than it does Britain. Britain could throw a seven foot rod because he's got a little bit longer arms. He's a little bit taller off the water.
1: Super strong.
2: strong. (laughs) (laughs) He's strong. He's strong. All right. a tool is meant to do a specific job better than anything else. That's what it's designed to do. So in turn, when you pick a rod, everything has to play into what you're doing. Now, the whole thing, you know, let's face it, we do we do trolling uh, 75% of what we do. Sure. So in turn, everybody, you know, I, I, if I have to hear this one more time, I'm going to have to kill somebody.
0: <laughs> you know, Here it comes. Oh,
2: it's, oh, it, oh it's, a, it, it's a trolling rod. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to have any feel. It doesn't have to do this. It doesn't have to do that. A lot of the these rods rigor. that are made today with fiberglass <laughs> in them that look like a Gumby rod, you know, are an absolute waste of a fishing rod as far as I'm concerned. Graphite will do a much better job. Because it is much more efficient. It's stiffer per weight than what fiberglass is. Mm-hmm. And most of those rods are made that are either glass graphite or all fiberglass. You know, when, when the thing is loaded up 100% off of a downrigger, and I have to jerk on the thing in order, to, and I mean jerk on it, mm-hmm. to get it to pop off the, the clip because it bends all the way back into the into the rear grip you know, I either pull fish off or I'm really wasting a lot of energy by jerking it off the, off the clip. Right. With a little bit stiffer rod, that's a little bit lighter, but still has the same action. It's much more efficient. It's much easier to play fish. It's, it's lighter in weight. It feels much better in your
0: hand. It is a tool. Well, once it's off the downrigger, you want to play the fish and feel the fish. I mean, that's part of the deal. Well, there's, there's no Just doubt because it's in. But, the but when you have, you know. when you have
2: those big spongy, uh, goofy glass graphite, uh, mm-hmm. total glass fishing rods, now when you're holding it there, you've got that extra weight out in front of you, as well as trying to play the fish. Right. And when I say weight, you know these, these things, these things are spongy. When, when you take it and you whip it in your hand, it, it, it's like a, like a, uh, giant shock absorber type thing, which is what they, they make them like that for, yeah. you know, they make them like that for a reason. But the thing is, it's a bunch of added weight. I can do the same thing with a graphite rod, right? which is much lighter, much more efficient tool to play fish, as well as it's
0: got the same action. I think you ought to, uh, explain to folks what action is you know people talk about fast action and slow action and then and probably next would be to talk about power the two the two ways that we kind of look at rods I think that'd be important well if-
2: your your action your action is how this how the rod flexes how does it flex under a load and as you load that rod up uh, when I say load it up when you're playing a fish or it's on the downrigger and you you put, pressure on the rod itself, that thing, that is basically showing you what type of action that particular part is. Now, you can have an extremely soft rod that's made in graphite that will, like I said, it it will flex the exact same as a rod that's glass, graphite, or, or all fiberglass, but being lighter in weight and stiffer per weight than what those are, they're much more efficient on reacting so when you're playing a fish and he runs and jumps immediately that rod will pick up that slack in the line because it's lighter and stiffer per weight than what the even it's the same action but it's lighter and stiffer per weight so it picks up the slack in that line it's a much more efficient fishing tool than fishing a Gumby rod. Yeah. So in turn, when that fish does that with that other rod, I've got all that extra weight out there. So when it's under a load, it's not going to pick it up, pick up the slack in the line nearly as quick, won't catch up to the fish.
0: All in all, it's not an efficient fishing tool. So the action has to do with its ability to flex. Right. So we say fast or slow action. Right, and that means
2: a fast action is going to flex more up. Yeah, you know, it, it'll flex in the tip and load up right. uh, heavier or stronger in the butt section. Strong tip, light, or strong butt, light tip.
0: Light tip, okay.
2: Then the then you go into power. Yeah, a power basically designates uh, uh, ten to ten to fifteen pound uh, versus a. 15 to 30 pound rod. Right. The power is what that particular, I can make two two salmon rods, one's a, a 10 to 15, and the other one's a 15 to 30. That designates your power, there how you strong that rod is. Mm-hmm. So the, the 15 to 30 pound will handle uh, 10 ounces of mooching lead much easier than the 10 to 15 pound rod. Yep. Now, it, they're both the, the exact same action when loaded up, but the heavier one, the heavier power, the 15 to 30 pound, will handle fishing that that lead much easier than the lighter rod. Right. So is what you're doing is you're talking about the difference from, from your light, extremely light rod up to a heavy, heavy rod, even though they're the exact
0: same type of, action And if you're trolling you're trolling that's a rod that's not on a downrigger let's say which we often do with a a lead weight out the back if you choose the wrong rod for that the actually your lure action isn't going to be correct either it 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 all translates into what you are doing
2: what you're trolling you have uh, a a too light of a rod with Uh, say let's, let's put an ounce and a half bottom walker on a, on a uh, walleye rod. If you have a rod that is too light, it's too soft is what you're doing is you're dragging more. Right. And in turn, your lure is not reacting the same way. Correct. It's not allowing the lure to do its job. Now, if you have something that's too stiff and you're fishing something too light, it's not translating it's doing just the exact same thing right so that that's the whole idea by by having a rod to do a specific job they're designed to do what they're supposed to do too many people there there's a ton of manufacturers out there today they don't have a clue what they're doing mm-hmm. just literally don't have a clue what they're doing they're, well, they're, they're probably bu- never they're build they're, they're building a tool to fit uh, from four pound up to 25 pound. That yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. It well, doesn't
0: it, work. Well, it's likely that they haven't fished for that many... You know, maybe they don't fish at all. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's don't. the thing. You know, you've got somebody that's building that do, doesn't fish or have much experience fishing. Sure, sure. And and I can see that happening for sure. Yeah. You you have to understand what you're trying to achieve. Yeah.
2: It's like the... the, the one of our favorite rods the 7-11 uh, walleye rod right that rod is designed to fish from about a half ounce up to three ounces of lead on the bottom walker right now if i have to fish more than three ounces on a bottom walker if i have to fish you know 70 feet or up to 100 feet plus and i have to go to four ounces that rod is is a little bit too soft.
0: Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, for that. <laughs> I'm just telling you from experience. Well, sure, exactly. You, you know <laughs> right. what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so exactly. thus yeah. Your, your gear's not dragging correctly.
2: You're not you're not getting the feel. You know, you're, you're still going to feel a bite. You're still going to see stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now too many people miss fish and don't know that they're even bit half the time because they've got stuff that's either too light too stiff vicky (laughs) Vicky.
0: (laughs) you know they they
2: just they they don't know
0: yeah and and that is the whole idea by buying a rod for what you're trying to do no that's that's a really important point that you haven't discussed in all of this part of it is you need to see and feel the bite and if you have the oh. wrong rod doing the job it is hard to tell yeah absolutely. If you have too much of a soft tip yep and you're dragging your gear and the rod is loaded constantly you may not see a subtle bite well th- think about you may not may not see it at all no. not feel it th- think about uh these glass graphite
2: or or all fiberglass rods that are loaded up 100 on a downrigger
0: yeah and and you've got fish that are light biting we won't see it.
2: You don't. You don't. You don't see it.
0: I mean, a lot of times you we'll just see on see our downriggers, we'll see just the slightest. Oh, dunk, j- just you know, a, just a, absolutely. a little. do dunk, dunk. You know, just that little. And we know we're getting bit because the rods yeah. that we use are very sensitive. Absolutely. And that translates into playing the fish. And for me, part of the reason to have the right rod is once you, whether it's in a downrigger or uh, if you're trolling off the back or whatever it is you're doing, once you pick that up and you're playing the fish, to feel what the fish is doing and how you react with how you work your rod that's really important absolutely and i like to be able to feel what's happening that's well, the fun part about it oh yeah yeah it, and and that's that's what that what a good fishing tool
2: will do for what you're trying to do now you can take a uh, you can take a bad blank uh, the blank is the is the base of what everything is built around. No no guides, no butt, just just the 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 blank itself. Just around the, the design of that tube. particular part, just yeah. the tubular structure. Yeah. The blank is 75% of that. You can take a you can take a good blank though and build it incorrectly and make a poor fishing rod. Mm you can't take a bad blank and build it into a good <laughs> fishing rod it doesn't work doesn't work that way. no no not at all but the build on that rod makes a huge difference also mm-hmm. whether it's it's got a graphite butt section or a cork butt section to slide in and out of the uh oh, rod well, holder correctly a
0: bunch of varnish all over the
2: surface oh you yeah, know the yeah. added, weight, added weight, uh, weight
0: you know there's there's changes the action oh yeah bit.
2: Too many guides, not enough guides. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many things that go into it in creating a good fishing tool. It, it, it's huge. But the, the number one thing that you want to look for is the action of that blank. Is it is it something that I want to use to do a specific job?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things I've noticed the most in trying to i don't obviously don't know as much as bobby knows about it but just as far as being a fisherman and what i like the 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 kind of fishing that you can tell the difference like immediately is if you're jigging for walleye if you're if you're jigging with a lead head or a um blade bait or a sonic bait fish Or sonic bait fish. (laughs) Used like a blade bait. Sponsored by Maxler. (laughs) I'm off the rails now. (laughs) It's
1: actually fired. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) We're going to have to talk about contract. Okay, got it. (laughs) Uh, If you're fishing those things, uh, being able to feel when you touch the bottom is a giant difference between uh, the right part and one that's not absolutely, and so you can feel the bottom, and sometimes again that subtle bite was what was that? Did, uh, I can even feel when the lure flips over a little bit in yep. my hand. If, if you've got the right rod, it's highly sensitive, and you're doing that, you'll feel everything that's going on. It's kind of, it, it's kind of like. In your mind, you see the bottom and you see exactly what your lure is doing because you feel it. You feel it in the rod tip. You feel all the way to the butt section. And to me, that's like the first time I fished a good rod for that compared to a a glass rod. Yeah. I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, geez. I mean, this is why haven't I done this a long time ago?
2: Well, you you remember when we were fishing in November up there with Eric, when we were fishing those, and I dropped down to a quarter ounce uh, Sonic bait fish. Yeah. Because I wanted to try to get a little bit more movement out of it and catch one more fish than you guys. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the rods that we were fishing were really designed for like a three-eighths ounce up to a one ounce jig. Right. Well, fishing the half ounce and three quarter ounce were absolutely perfect. Right. But when you drop down a little bit lighter, guess what? (laughs) It's harder to tell that you touch the bottom properly. You know, we're fishing in 55 feet of water for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, with a quarter ounce lure, it takes longer to get down there and the wind's blowing and you're trying to feel, you know. Going to lighter that that that's really the epitome of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Utilizing a tool that is designed to do a specific job. Having that light tip for moving the bait when you when you jig up, when you pick up on it, it pops that bait up off the bottom, allows it to flutter back down pops it up off the bottom you can feel that and you absolutely can feel now if you, go, if you go if you go too heavy if you went to an ounce and a half jig yeah guess lot, what when, when you when you jig that up it would move it nearly as much because of the fact it's a little bit too heavy for that specific
0: rod so then it gets completely loaded up yep all the action basically is taken it, over by the weight of the lure correct and then you don't you don't feel yeah and that's the difference. or going
2: too light like i did yeah I, you know going to that lighter quarter ounce i could feel but i know what i'm looking for yeah the average person is not right. gonna they can't do that you know they can't fish a quarter ounce on that particular rod mm-hmm. because of the fact that they couldn't feel the bottom they wouldn't know where they're at
0: right Exactly. and then
2: if they got bit the only reason they know they got bit is because something hung on that's to it. your computer sorry
1: britain that's twice now actually and he's for sure fired now right I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have to talk contract, contract time. I can turn it down. I don't know why your computer just screams at you randomly.
0: It's telling me I have useless emails from Britain. Are you sending them from me (laughs) right now?
1: Unsubscribe.
0: (laughs) Unsubscribe. But anyhow,
2: yeah, that's the whole thought process on utilizing a tool. To do a job, and like I said, the, the whole fallacy, as far as I'm concerned, of uh, well, it's a trolling rod, thus it doesn't need to be as specific, is garbage. Guess mm-hmm. what? I, I still have to hook and play a fish properly, and come home in the same amount of pieces. Yeah. Absolutely. So in turn, having the correct tool to do the job makes a huge difference all the way around whether you're having you know i can catch a fish on anything literally and i've caught fish on ugly sticks i can do that it's no problem i'm a pretty decent fisherman but you know what
1: boy i mean that's a lot that's a that's a big (laughs) state no, here we go here we go but the
2: average person Either doesn't know they got bit, doesn't know that, that, you know, they're hung up, doesn't know that they're, you know, they, they, they don't, they don't know the difference until you get a good rod and, and, you know, spending the money on a good fishing tool is a huge, huge investment. There's no doubt about it, but guess what? How much is your time worth?
0: Well, that's how much,
2: a- how much is your enjoyment worth? Why are you going fishing to begin with?
0: Right. Exactly.
2: That that's that's the whole the whole thing. Spend a little bit more money, get a good fishing tool that is going to do what you want it to do.
1: Yep, we live in a day and age where you get what you pay for. Oh, for sure, there's Absolutely. no doubt about it. Throw gotta...
2: throw a line and lure correctly, hook a fish correctly, play a fish correctly, and come
0: home in the same amount of pieces.
1: Yeah, we're gonna probably cut this short because I gotta go return my brand new fiberglass walleye rod. Oh, geez, no oh, man, we go. why Here did... we
0: he didn't talk to to you before he did that. Well, you know what? It was
2: it was a present. It was a oh. gift. It and, was, and, and you, it's you got know a what? And, and on you can there's a problem. And you can ask him right now, did
1: I say anything about it other than <laughs> He said it's got decent action, but it's kind of a heavier rod. <laughs> he's got a Coogs logo on it, so it won't catch
0: a fish anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Fair. I mean I can't. Now he's gonna fish it for everything. Now he's Okay, until I catch a fish on it. I want to see. Well, I got win an apple cup still. It definitely won't be any purple lures on there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey man, the husky lure, right, Bobby? That's Yo, the he, that, that's the shit. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. Well, this
1: episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boy, he screamed out of that quick. Didn't yeah he did. <laughs> but, I mean, what are you gonna say when you lose seven apple cups? in <laughs> I know, I know. It's tough. I mean, throw me in center though. <laughs> yeah. Now like we're to gonna that. get into uh, you know your golf shafts that you used to make right. Oh, jeez! No. That, that'll be the next episode. All right. Well, we're going to... <laughs> we are going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about reels because everyone needs a reel with their rod, right? That's right. Well, I hope so. All right. We'll be right back. Well, when you choose the right rod
0: and reels and you catch a lot of fish, you need a sharp knife. And here at Harrod Outdoors, we have all of the WorkSharp products to help you do that, including the new MK2 which is the replacement to the original WorkSharp with some great new features. One is you don't need to change the angle guides. Just flip a switch and move from 20 to 25 degrees. You've got a couple different speeds to help you with tools a little faster. And then the edge guide, which helps you keep your knife edge all the way out to the tip for perfect sharpening every time. If you want to learn more, go to heritoutdoors.com and check out our wide range of selections of WorkSharp
1: products. You certainly got to be careful if you use one of those MK2s, though. You do need to be careful. Very sharp knives. I'm lucky enough to have tried out a couple of them. I think Bobby has too. And they're uh, pretty impressive units. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They work oh, great. They, they work fantastic. I have to warn people at the sportsman shows because, you know, they're, we're sharpening them there. I'm like, be careful. And they're always like, wanting to put their thumb right on the blade. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. I had a guy actually cut himself this year. Oh, I oh, warned I him he's like, dang, that thing is sharp. Like, <laughs> Every, everybody you. everybody
2: wigs out because I test a blade. I run it across my fingers, you know, I run it to get a feel for how right. sharp it is. And everybody like wigs out. But yeah, you, you, you know, you got to be careful because when you do it properly and you sharpen that blade properly, it's sharp. Oh hell Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, make sure you go check out all of the workshop products at uh, hairoutdoors.com. But right now, we are going to get into reels and reels are just as important as a rod, you know. Absolutely. when, when it comes to uh, making sure you're landing fish and again, we have two people here that know a little bit about rods and reels and reels specifically, so we'll get right into it. Mhm.
0: Unless you want to just tie the line to the tip out there like Huck Finn. There you go.
1: I used to use pop, you know, a <laughs> pop can. And then wrap a lot <laughs> around
0: it. Oh, yeah. I, hey, whatever works, really, hey, when you're a kid. You know, I used to do you, that kind of crap all the time. Hey, down at, down in
2: Mexico, uh, we caught a few fish, you know, wrapping it around a, a stick or wrapping it around yeah. it. You know, those guys, they're good. They're good. Well, but I, I really like a reel a lot better. I like a reel a lot
1: better, too. They're convenient, you know, technology and all that.
2: Technology you know. is, is good. Technology wow. is good. They've come so far. Oh, absolutely. You got to remember back back in the in the day uh, when I first got into this industry back in the early 80s, you know, the only reels that were out on the market at that time, you know, the old Cardinals uh you know, you had uh Shimano casting reels that just started into the market back in that during that mm, time frame. Yeah. And that's kind of what we built our name on: was fishing light line for big fish, mm-hmm. and using using those casting reels. I mean, I used to take casting reels, pull them apart, put pearl drops toothpaste, which has grit in it, right, inside the reel, hook a drill bit up to the to the uh, spindle, <laughs> and run it for ten minutes to loosen everything up, rinse the whole thing out, light oil, put it back together. And then I'd load it up with four pound, four pound, uh, line so that I could cast, uh, three 30 seconds of an ounce of lead, uh, fishing extremely light line with an 11 and a half foot rod for summer run steelhead in, in areas that were, it was total, total finesse fishing because, they didn't have a spinning reel. The Cardinals back at that time couldn't handle fishing that light line.
0: The drags were just hideous. Only Bobby, <laughs> only Bobby would take toothpaste to a reel. So oh, that trust could, me, no. That, so you that that, could that, steelhead fish better.
2: Trust me that
1: that I, was I, that I, was I, a. I used that like on zits as a. <laughs>
2: No. They, I used it on my teeth. Back, back during oh. that time, <laughs> that, that was an like a, anybody that knew anything, uh, bass fishermen, that, that was one of the things that they did, is you know, putting that Pearl Drops toothpaste in there and run it for 10, 15 minutes and then rinse it out, sure. put light oil in it. Because what it did is it allowed that thing to loosen up just a little bit. And I could cast, like I said, three 30 seconds of an ounce of right. lead with a small bait of eggs and into a foot and a half two feet of water where it dropped off into a little bit of a pocket and catch summer on steelhead but the reason that we use those casting reels is because the drags worked phenomenal yeah and the drags on the spinning reels that were made at that time couldn't handle that light line right it just could not it was just too jerky they were a little bit too stiff they just didn't quite work properly so you know, we used casting reels. That's what we originally used for all of our light line sure. uh, fishing. So it 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 uh, those casting reels really changed the face of of the fishing community
0: well, when especially they came out. When they uh, started having that centrifugal break. Huh? Oh, yeah. So you weren't just a, adjusting the drag; you were adjusting a centrifugal break. Absolutely, the amount. And then of you could really finesse, you know, how your sure is working for you for casting because absolutely those first ones you know a casting reel was pretty hard to learn how to use because <laughs> because of that you yeah. know and you you know I'm let's face it you end I, up with a rat's nest because you didn't tell really you know what, how to I, adjust it or there was an adjustment to be made I, you don't know how many fish you know when we first started
2: fishing <laughs> no. with that so in fact i'll never forget the the, the worst one ever I'd cast and, and, uh, hook a fish, play a fish, get it up, you know, bait up again. And, and, you know, and, and we're fishing somewhere on steelhead. So you're catching fish that are anywhere from seven, eight pounds up to, you know, 20 pounds. Right. And you'd cast out hook and play a fish and you would reel up and you'd bait up again and, and you'd throw back out. <laughs> and, and you, when you threw out that thing would all of a sudden would blow up and there'd be an absolute rat nest <laughs> and you'd get, and you'd get bit. You oh, know, and, and you'd hook a 10-pound, 12-pound summer run. And it just over. go, pow, and just break you <laughs> off immediately. And you'd just be just pissed. Yeah. I mean, just just livid. <laughs> so I, I cast out, cast out. And about every third cast, this damn thing would, would, would just rat flop nest up on you. and rat. And I'm sitting there playing with, you know, getting a damn rat nest <laughs> out and everything. And, and finally, like after like the, the seventh, eighth time, Gary looks at me. He goes, let me see that. And he grabs it and he bites my bites my gear off. He undoes the reel, he takes it and he throws it in the river. And I'm <laughs> what? What, what did you just you do? do? He goes, Guess what? You won't have a problem with that reel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm standing there holding this rod with no reel. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God. But yeah. Back yeah. at that time, you know, that 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 was what existed. Yeah. So you know, the transition when really Shimano uh, was one of the innovators in bringing out the spinning reels that they brought out that drags could handle mm-hmm. those lighter lines, you know, that, that really changed things dramatically. Right. And so different styles of fishing – started changing over to spinning reels versus casting reels. Mm-hmm. But I was still from that era of, you know, casting reels were the only thing. Well, one of, one of the big things that I looked for that I used because I was always running a boat with customers, you know, taking people out fishing, uh sure. doing what we were doing, different styles of fishing. I not only had a casting reel still, but... I was using a left-handed casting reel.
0: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. What else would you use? Exactly. (laughs) Hell, I talked Shimano into into making casting reels back in the mid-'80s, left-handed casting reels, because of the fact that it was easier to run the boat with a left-handed casting reel, casting out, trying to run the boat, running the electric or running the kicker motor uh, for speeds and everything else, and you know, continually maintaining boat speed, maintaining where you're at in the water, the whole nine yards. Left-handed casting reel, it made more sense. Why cast right-handed? And switch. Most of us are right-handed. Why cast right-handed and switch over, set the
0: hook, and play a fish with your left hand that you're that you're not used to. You're using. not exactly exactly. I mean, let's face it. We all we all grew up on a a small spinning rod exactly and they're always left handed. they're all left-handed and you played fish with your right hand because you're right-handed exactly and i i can't hardly do it any other way i get in a a, a guide boat a friend you know one of our friends who have yeah. all a right-handed reels and this is like i you know yeah i feel like a knucklehead oh i know trying I to know. play that fish on my, my left
2: hand i just can't hardly do it oh i know well, I I better get off the left-handed subject because people will, oh, will have know. fits. This but, is uh, we're going to hear about it, but oh, you know, come on, yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I left-handed left-handed casting reels are uh, to me an extremely good efficient tool, mm-hmm. but you know, a reel is a line carrier, but it also helps you put fish in the boat, and having the right reel on the right fishing tool on the rod makes a huge, huge difference. Right. You can have too big of a reel that handles a whole bunch of extra line that you're never going to use, or you can have a reel that's too small with not enough line right. for what you're going to use. So getting the right size reel on the rod, it, it, it's no different than, than picking out the the correct rod. Yeah, get that reel that's going to have the right amount of line, you know, for what you are going to do with that fishing tool, right? And
0: it, it makes a huge, huge difference, yeah, big time. It, it, it and then the other part of it that, um, for us anyway is what we put on it,
2: absolutely, absolutely. You know,
0: we've kind of ever, ever since I started uh walleye jig fishing on the Columbia River in the gorge many many years ago. 25, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, um, you know, I started using I'm braid. I'm 31
1: years old. Well, I can't,
0: <laughs> I can't help that. Yeah. I was I, saying a long time I ago. I was rich. You're old. I know I am a little older, but I've caught a, quite a few more fish that way. See, you've got a ways to go.
1: Yeah, I've probably got like seven fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> but the one thing I liked about braid with the right rod is that you talk about sensitivity. Oh, absolutely. You know, no, no stretch. And you had to learn how to fish that. And of course you couldn't set your drag the same way you did on mono. So those were all things you had to learn. But once you learn how to do all of that, that smaller diameter uh, line cuts the water better, has better feel and sensitivity. Uh, stronger for its diameter, and and that's pretty much what I've switched to for everything. Even on our downriggers, I, I love to have braid. Well, going you know going to braid, braid. Eh, I got to tell you, Russ Iser
2: brought uh, braid out back in the early late '80s, early '90s, if I remember correctly. He sent me a spool of braid to play with. He was one of the first ones to bring out braided line. And I got to tell you, it, it changed everything, but it took, it took a while for braid to catch on. Sure. And it has evolved over the years. You know, I, I, a lot of guys still like fishing monofilament and that's great. Monofilament works great. I mean, we, we've used it forever, but you know, for trolling applications, for jigging applications, You know, when you're trolling, when you don't have to have as much lead or you don't, you know, you're fishing deep or you are fishing uh, things that are extremely sensitive, having braid makes a huge, huge difference. I can drop down from four ounces down to three ounces of lead. That makes a big difference Mm -hmm. on a a kokanee rod when I'm fishing – for fish at, you know, 50, 60 feet. Everything adds to what you're putting together when you fish this whole package. Mm -hmm. Having the right rod, but having the right reel, as well as utilizing the braid. Now, one of the things that we do is we also, we don't fish straight braid to the end of our gear. We're fishing braid as a tool to not have to fish as much lead, but I'll I'll put a top shot of thirty five feet of monofilament on top of that. Yep.
0: Tie it on with a uni knot. Yeah, put
2: yep. a uni knot
0: in and, and tie
2: thirty five feet on there. Yep, it does a couple things. Thirty five feet is what I usually use on a setback on our on yeah. our uh, downriggers when I'm fishing below uh, fifty feet, and it's also. One of those things that having that monofilament in there gives you a little bit of stretch, right? But also allows when you put fish in the boat to, when we're fishing these light rods that we're fishing, they've got smaller guides. When you put a fish in the boat, everything seems to always get wrapped up oh, and, yeah. and always flipping around, and and then you spend a minute, a minute and a half untangling. Uh, line around the tip of your rod um braid will you know, just
0: tie a half inch in a hurry. exactly a
2: braid is always doing something yeah. because it's such small diameter when you're fishing 15 pound braid or 20 pound braid it's very very small diameter you're yeah. looking at six pound yeah, yeah six yeah. pound monofilament so that stuff will wrap around anything and yeah. being as soft as it is it also has a tendency of you can put a half inch in something really yeah, you quick can. so guess what having that monofilament Makes it much quicker to get back in the water again, as well as gives you a little bit of added stretch. Even though you've got a rod that is designed that's soft enough, but that whole rod, reel, line package helps create a much more enjoyable fishing tool all the way around. An nice,
0: efficient tool. One of the nice things about uh, having braid on your downriggers is just the fact that you have less belly in your line. And what I mean by that is if yep. we're fishing deep, which we often are um, certain times of year for kokanee, you're down over 50 feet, up to 120 feet, for example and you're dropping down, if you had larger diameter line, what ends up happening is you get this big belly in your line, no matter how tight you make your rod. You just can't hardly take that out because of the drag. The drag is pulling the line back through the water. Smaller diameter. So then when you pull, if you had a thicker line, so then when you pull that off, you have to bring up all that slack so that you're actually tight against the fish. Mm -hmm. Whereas with braid, it cuts the water better, smaller diameter, less belly. And so when you pop the uh, line out of the downrigger, it's much quicker as far as reeling goes to get to where you're now tight with that fish. And that, that makes a big difference in the number of fish you're going to lose, I think. Absolutely. makes a huge difference.
2: Yeah. Huge difference.
0: And, and I like it uh, for walleye fishing as well for the same reasons. It cuts the, cuts the water. You know, in the winter months, uh, fall, winter, early spring, when we're fishing really deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get away with less bottom bouncer weight because of that, because you're just cutting the water with your line so much better yep. that you're getting down there. And so there's there's a lot of real advantages to that. And, and like you said, combined with the right rod, the sensitivity will be off the charts for you. If you're not used to that, you'll be amazed how well you can feel everything with... Uh, Absolutely. Because the low stretch really makes the action of your rod be pronounced.
2: Sure. And and you know we were, we we're talking about reels. You know one of the things that I uh, I've been using them for years. And when I say years, I'm talking like uh, twenty five years. Line counter line counter re- line
0: counter reels yeah. are huge. It really helps uh, you pinpoint, especially if you're using lead weight or let's say you're pulling a plug. And yeah. you can figure out exactly the distance back you need to be to get the lure at the weight or the depth that you want. So that's a that is a big a big deal. Well, though. it's a big deal. You know,
2: you sit there and and you're pulling you're pulls, off, you're one, pulls off your pulls off your you're counting one yeah. two three four and somebody goes oh I'm bit I'm bit and you go oh, where was I yeah. as I'm putting you know putting gear back out having that line counter is, is a huge huge plus mm-hmm. for telling you where you're at Mm. it doesn't matter whether you're on the downrigger if you're on a downrigger you know and and you're 50 feet back behind the behind the ball and you're down at 120 feet well guess what i know exactly where i'm where i'm at and and that's how far i've got to play a fish or what's going on you know it, it gives you that idea or When you're, when you're fishing, you look, you look at the, uh, you look at your graph and you're fishing in 40 feet of water and I'm 65 feet out. Right. Well, I'm 65 feet out. I've got, uh, an ounce and a half of lead on. So I'm, I'm almost twice the amount of, of distance out as the depth. I'm sitting in a good spot versus, you know, when, when, you turn around and not paying attention. I didn't feel the bottom. All of a sudden, I realize that I'm in 35 feet of water and I'm 82 feet out. Right. Well, guess what? I'm dredging. You're dredging. You know, yeah. I'm dredging. <laughs> so you've got to reel up. You've Oops. got to drop back down to where you feel that bottom. When you're dredging like that, your lure's not acting correctly. You're not catching fish. Oh, yeah. So it, it just it, it, it's something that, that adds to the whole package of what you're putting together. Yeah. The rod, correct? the real correct the line correct and you know what you're doing those Catch line counters fish.
1: i mean for especially for a beginner like someone that was just getting into like regularly right. fishing I, i'll never be able to go back because it's such you know yeah. an added you know benefit of you know being able to know exactly where you are and so it's like all right you can see on the graph how deep we are Yeah. All, right, all right so absolutely you know, we're at 35 feet and i'm a new fisherman who doesn't know exactly if my bottom bouncer is hitting but my you know i'm out 50 feet so i'm definitely probably on bottom and it's you know once you go with the line counters it's tough to go back tough to go back i've you know been using them since i started fishing consistently and it's sure. the only kind of reel I'd, I'd buy so yeah anyway that's a lot of good information if you have any more information about rods reels line anything give us a uh, dm on facebook or instagram at wao podcast we are going to take off and uh hopefully go do some fishing soon let's hope so but uh that would be a good idea it it picks up a little bit but uh (laughs) we will be back next week with a new episode until then we will talk to you later